Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Before we get started, if you are in the market to buy or sell a home in the Bryan College Station, Texas or surrounding areas, or you just had that thought, I wonder what it takes to get into a home. I have some questions. Well, Laura Lee Smith can answer all of them and take care of you. She's the one that got us into our home and we could not be happier. So don't take our word for it. Call or text her at 979-218-2315. That's 979-218-2315. And she will definitely help you out. Okay, this episode is with Julia Avery. She is a fitness entrepreneur. She has spent most of her life pursuing her passions and things that she loves. And she has now created an online program where she helps people do that exact same thing called Ditch the Desk. It was a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. So please, everybody enjoy Julia Avery. We're on air. Yes, we are on air. It's that it's just straight into it. Let's just rock and roll. Awesome. <laughs> well, um, so this is a fascinating story all the way around, um, and I kind of want to know more anyway about you were doing other things other than fitness. And then decided to quit that and do fitness full-time, which I can speak from firsthand with going through in our family and my wife doing it. It is a very scary thing at first uh, when you jump into it. And then now you've got this whole program that you've written up. And it's just fascinating to me. It's a cool story. And you're not all super sales pitchy type of person, which I... (laughs) It totally throws me off. So I'm I'm very fascinated. I want to hear the story. So go back to the very beginning when, like, you're doing your other things, your other jobs, whatever it is that you were into before the fitness. Other things. Okay. Um, well, I guess to give a little context, I actually talked about this on Instagram today, but I went to school and majored in economics, so nothing fitness-related whatsoever. And I actually graduated without a job and like it was during the recession so it was 2009 and I was kind of clueless I had a bunch of student loan debt and not really a lot of guidance at school as to like what you could do with your degree it was like okay go be an investment banker or go to teach for America <laughs> I was like well what if I don't want to do either of those things so yeah that was an interesting time. What I did know is that I wanted to move to New York because a lot of my friends were moving to New York and I just had major FOMO. Um, every time I visited them, like during the summers between like junior and senior year of college, I just fell in love with the city and the energy. And I was like, if I can get to New York, I can do something awesome. <laughs> so I moved home to Houston briefly the summer after I graduated and then um, just looked for jobs in New York. Oh, like, Solely, my dad would be like, "There's this guy at Fidelity here in Houston. Maybe you could go talk to him." I was like, "Nope, nope, he's not in New York. Not interested." So, long story short, I ended up basically inviting myself to an interview at a job. We had a phone interview, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be up there soon." Thinking if they agreed to let me come in, I would just book my flight and do it. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm actually reading Shoe Dog, Phil Knight's yeah, yeah, yeah. book. And I'm seeing so, so many parallels to myself in film <laughs> But um, it's funny because he's like, oh, yeah, when I went to Japan to talk to these guys about shoes, he would just, like, make up stuff on the spot. Like, yeah, we have an East Coast office. Yeah, we have this. And then he'd go back and figure out how to make it happen. So that was kind of my thing. I was like, yeah, I'll be in New York. Um, okay, let me go book a flight really fast. So <laughs> got a job. Um, it was actually in investor relations, which – I liked because it combined my like economics kind of analytical brain with communications. So I got to like form relationships with people and talk to people and basically bridging the gap between companies and investors and acting as that person in the middle. Um, so I learned a lot there. Really small office. We got I got to work like directly with clients pretty quickly as a beginner. But it wasn't, I never liked that I had to sit in an office all day and I was like, I had, I was restricted to hours that I had to be there and I just couldn't see myself doing that forever. 
even though I knew like, okay, you know, you work your way up and then you have a little more freedom and you're in and out of the office. And I, but I saw the owner of our company and I was like, well, I definitely don't want to be like her. Doesn't seem to be really enjoying life that much. Um, so I, I ended up going to a marketing company that was more of like a startup, um, like digital marketing where they have beer in the fridge at the office and it's like a very kind of like bro but also nerdy culture. Yeah. And thought I would like that, but I didn't. I didn't have any guidance. Like there was no one there to mentor me or to like tell me how to do my job. And I didn't know how to do my job. So it was a lot of guesswork, but I wasn't really interested in it. So I didn't, <laughs> it was just, I started feeling very not motivated, which was not me at all. Um, so that was about four years after I moved to New York and decided, you know what, this is not, I'm not happy. Let me start. Like, what do I like? Oh, I like being in the gym. I love fitness. I love, like, that's my happy place. So I just started looking for jobs in the fitness industry and then whoosh, made my way over there. (laughs) I got a bunch of stuff there. (laughs) So you're like. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like it. Didn't take so four years in New York, and New York. I agree with you. New York does have a cool energy. Um, I'm not a city guy at all, um, at all, really. I like the outdoors, fishing, hiking, beaches, like wide open. In fact, when I go to beaches, I do not like touristy beaches at all. I need like just sand. I mean, I want you have to go get stuff. You either bring it in. Or you're leaving the beach, like one of the two type of thing. Um, yeah. There's nothing but sand and beach around. And when we went to New York, I was like, this is going to be fun. I didn't realize I'd like it as much as I did. I don't think I could live there, but that city is not – it doesn't make you feel – it's just weird. It has, It's different than every other big city I've been to. Yeah. A lot of people say that. They're like, I like it, but I don't think I could live there. But it's weird. Like once you live there, you just just like anywhere else, you get into your routine, and you have your favorite coffee shop and the places you like to eat, and your people and your job, and it just becomes like any other city, except for way more opportunities are there, which I think is kind of the draw for a lot of people. Yeah, the city and like it is, it's going all the time. I mean, there seems like there's something always to do. Uh, I don't know about the finance part. You know, rooming with like seven people or something to have a regular job doesn't sound like the unless I was with my skate buddies that would be the only thing I would want to do is live with my seven skate buddies outside of that no thanks yeah I mean you see like people in their 40s who still have roommates if they're single because it's just if you want to live in the city it's crazy it's so expensive and I think if I had stayed there longer I probably would have moved out of the city both to have like quiet and space and save money but i just left instead <laughs> you just left and then from there you went is that when you went to cayman no so i i made the transition from like corporate i guess you'd say to fitness in new york and i stayed for three years doing that that was kind of like what kept me in new york was i was like fed up with my job and i thought i was fed up with the city but really it was just that i didn't like my life it wasn't the location um, Isn't that funny so, how the, the way that works right there? I think that's something really important because I went through a stretch where I hated College Station. Like, I just wanted to leave this place. Uh, I'm two and a half hours away from anything remotely close to like an outdoor activity that's fun, um, like accessible, really. And there's like, I didn't have any friends because I didn't work in the town and I worked all the time. It was. It was just like, I just want to leave anywhere I can go. I was trying to go to Colorado, northern New Mexico, Arkansas. I mean, I was trying to go anywhere where I thought I would be fulfilled, and that would fulfill that. Verse, and then realizing, oh, it's you can have that and not move. It's It was more of my life than it was the town or the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's big. It's, what is the quote? It's like, wherever you go, there you are, or something like that. And it's like, you're still you, even if you go to a different place. And if you haven't dealt with, like, whatever your issues are, yeah, then eventually it's going to come back to you. So was it scary going from, you've got, you've got these, obviously, you know, well-paying jobs in New York, 
in marketing and you you know you're trying to work towards a different angle and then you choose fitness which isn't like hey let me go ahead and give you six figures to start out that'd be great you know here's 150 yeah. grand you can afford your own apartment here in new york and uh and work this would be great so how did like how did that transition go you just woke up one morning like i think i want to do fitness that sounds fun <laughs> yeah pretty much um i was a gym rat for sure I spent a lot of time in the gym, so I was, like, friends with the trainers. This was before I did CrossFit. It was when I kind of, like, was one of those people who knew what CrossFit was from, I guess, Instagram had just come out. So, like, social media and the internet, and I would, like, do the workouts in the regular gym, which is very, very hard to do. Yeah, and makes a lot of people mad, too, that does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, doing pull-ups on the Smith machine people are trying to use it to squat like you don't need to squat on this machine it's fine that's awesome it's crazy to go into a gym and you're like there's not even a pull-up bar in here like the equipment there's so much stuff in a regular gym but then the things that you actually need like the basics are nowhere to be seen yeah yeah that's because they're hard nobody wants to do (laughs) they're so hard and they're so simple like oh Oh, pull-ups. No, I'd rather do bench press. Well, I mean, pull-ups are super hard. So, <laughs> yeah. have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, but, so you just, you were always into fitness then. It was just something you always loved. Yeah, I mean, I played sports. I quit sports at, like, age 15, organized sports. I did gymnastics when I was really young and then came up with, like, a reason to quit because it was scary and I didn't like it anymore and I wanted to hang out with my friends. Um, and then like played some, like I played a little bit of soccer. I played volleyball as someone who's five, two, that wasn't, that doesn't, no, (laughs) it doesn't happen. (laughs) That's like one of those things like, you know, some things you're just not going to be able to do. Like I'm not going to play professional basketball. That's 100% true. I mean, maybe I could have been a point guard. Maybe that I, I could play one position and that's it. Like that was my only hope. Um, outside yeah, of that, volleyball, they have the, uh, they call it a librero, right? The person who just like dives and digs <laughs> all the balls. When so, I wasn't into that, I didn't like to dive on the wood floor. It wasn't my So you have two strikes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, but then when I was like, I guess 16 and I quit playing sports, I realized like, oh, people need to work out in order to not I guess my goal at the time was not gain weight as a 16-year-old, you know, as a high schooler trying to look a certain way. And my parents always exercised. Like, they always ran, and they would try to get me to run with them. And I was like, no, this sounds terrible. Why would I do that? (laughs) So I joined a gym when I was 16. My friend and I went and joined, and we worked out with this trainer, and he helped get us in shape, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. We would do, like, the weight machines where you sit, you know. Yeah. What do you call them? I don't know, weight machines, I guess. And uh, so that was kind of my first intro into the gym. And I liked it. Like, I liked that you could go and I could see myself getting stronger, I guess, without knowing what it was, like learning about progressive overload and being like, every week I can add a few more pounds or add a little bit of weight. And, oh, cool, like a month later, my body's starting to change. Like, it was just so interesting to me and cool to like almost experiment on myself I'm like oh I can eat more when I work out more like this is fun I like food um so that was kind of my life through college I was always in the gym and then I started liking running too which was a plus um and so when I moved to New York naturally I just joined New York Sports Club and that became like my haven like before work I got to the point where I was going to the gym before and after work which probably wasn't super healthy. Two days are so much fun, though. They are so much fun. Okay, go in the morning when I'm half asleep, and I could just like get on the stairmaster and whatever, and then go back in the afternoon and lift something. Um, so yeah, that was kind of I my thought process in my head when I thought about transitioning careers was, okay, I love being in the gym. How can I? be here and actually get paid for it that would be cool <laughs> so not uh, like yeah, go ahead 
So, I mean, that what you said is like kind of important because when you said, I, I want to be here and get paid, not I want to work out and get paid. Because those are two yeah. kind of different things. They're like you can be at the gym all day long and not do a single workout and having to work the entire time and then have to get your own workout in. You really have to love the place to, you know, to keep both of those things going. Yeah. And I think when you're around, I, like, I just wanted to be around people who are working out and passionate about what I was doing instead of being at work at my marketing job where everyone thought I was like the weirdo who wanted to work out all the time or would ask me questions like, oh, so what should I eat or do this? And I wasn't a trainer yet, but I was still like the go-to person to ask questions. But I'm like, I don't know. This isn't my job. I don't know what to tell you. I can just tell you what I do. So I... I wanted to solve that problem of like, I want to enjoy where I am every day and I want to be able to use my passion and actually help people instead of just being like, this is what works for me. Yeah. So money's like not anywhere on the list. It's like you wanted to get paid and support yourself, but the, all the top things you're saying are like, I want to do something. I really like being here. How can I just support myself and be here and help other people? Yeah. I mean, Money was never my goal of like let's make as much as possible, and I wasn't I wasn't making like a ton of money in my current job. It, I wasn't leaving something that was super lucrative. Like yeah. I wasn't making 150 grand a year. That I think that's harder for people when they're already when they're seduced by that paycheck. Um, but I definitely had like obviously New York rent to pay. I had bills. I had my student loan. Um, and I, you know, my Metro subway card. So I knew I couldn't just quit cold turkey and start over. And, and I also knew that I actually didn't want to be a trainer in like a regular gym as much as I loved being there. And I loved the trainer who was working with me. I, I didn't really, his schedule didn't look very fun to me. And he always seemed a little bit burnt out and I didn't like the rules. I don't really like rules. So I didn't like that you had to like, (laughs) follow the rules of the gym and like uh, the crowded gym and try to find your own space. And they made like a tiny percentage of what they were actually charging people for the session. And it would take forever to actually make money. I guess that's where the money part came in. Like I didn't, I didn't want that. Otherwise I probably would have just gotten a certification and quit and started working at a gym. Yeah. So, so where did you go from there? Like once you decided to do the fitness stuff and you're working at the gym, what, when did you decide like, Oh, I want to further this career and do something else with it. Like take it to the next level. Well, I started, so actually I didn't start working in, in like a regular gym. I started working at a boutique fitness studio and teaching fitness classes. That was like kettlebells and dumbbells and functional type training. Um, so that was kind of like, okay, teaching group fitness. And I actually really like teaching group fitness. Like, I did not think I would like it. I was shy. I wasn't a performer. Or I didn't consider myself any of these things until all of a sudden I was in front of people as, like, an authority. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I can teach people things and they listen to me. Um, and that was, that was actually, it turned out to be a great first fitness job by it was a small studio that had just opened, so it like got my foot in the door with that experience. Uh, but then they grew and they were really successful and had lots of like I had tons of press opportunities. I got to network through that studio. I got clients through them, um, and that led me into CrossFit because one of the the head instructor there was a CrossFit coach as well, and he's like, "Stop doing CrossFit in the regular gym." please come join a CrossFit gym like a normal person. I was like, oh, okay. So I'd go work out in the middle of the day with him, which is one of the perks of working in fitness is you work in the morning and at night, and then you can like run errands in the middle of the day. You can work out when no one's at the gym. You can like throw down with all the other coaches who also don't have jobs and at a <laughs> nine to five. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it opened the doors for a lot of things because once I decided like, okay, I want to leave my nine to five and go fitness full time. Cause there was like a six month transition period where I did both. Um, then all of a sudden I had the time to say yes to opportunities to just like 
be around other people in the industry and show that like I was committed and I was a fitness professional and then it seemed like suddenly things would just come to me but I think it's because I just didn't have these like blinders on anymore like they had been removed and I was like oh there's a whole world out here once I eliminate my distractions of this like nine to five thing that's in the way yeah for sure for sure and like it's not it's not like I can see where it frees your little creative mind you know you want to you're right now you're just thinking I want to go work out and then how much fun it would be to do that or you're training a client or whatever it is and you've always got this on your mind I've got to go to work the next morning what else have I've got to do um that's taking up space in there I know for me and I can tell you everybody around me will tell you it only has so much space and hard drive to hold stuff up here and then it forgets and it's reserved a special spot for obscure song lyrics and uh maybe some sports stats that nobody might even realize a pop culture reference and then some work somewhere in there somewhere <laughs> somewhere in there <laughs> But I mean, yeah. but you know, you let that creative, I, I know when you feel relaxed and you're like just flowing, everything creative goes and then it just becomes fun. Like you're working, but this is fun. Like I enjoy this. Yeah. So yeah. how did you get to, so from there you start your CrossFit stuff. Um, it's tough and, and for people who don't know coaches get paid per class on the average that's the business model i know we talked a little bit about that on the phone it's like the business model for a normal crossfit gym they get paid just for the class and then it's over not the extra work that goes in did you jump into something like that or was it like a full-time paid gig type of deal yeah i started so even at the boutique studio i was getting paid per class but fortunately boutique fitness or unfortunately Boutique fitness pays a lot better than CrossFit. Just, I don't know what it is, the business model that people drop in and they just pay $30, $35 a class, so they generate more income. Um, so CrossFit I always kept when I was in New York as, like, my side hustle. So once I moved into fitness, I still had my fitness side hustle. Um, and I was getting paid per class. Granted, I think in New York you get paid a little bit more than from what I've heard in other places or now that I'm back in Houston, like yeah. for a crossfit coach, I think I was doing pretty well, but that was still, I coached about seven or eight CrossFit classes a week. Like Monday was my CrossFit day. Um, <laughs> Just knock them all out in one day. I did. I did five, six, seven and eight AM and seven thirty. I guess I only did six, seven thirty and eight thirty PM. So it was a long day with a big gap in the middle. Um, and then I did boutique fitness on the other day. So I was teaching anywhere from like about 25 classes a week. And if I subbed, then closer to 30, which is, it was pretty exhausting after yeah, a while. Yeah, that's a lot. Making really good money. Like I was making six figures between the two jobs and like, wow, you know, I worry about any of that anymore so that's why when people are like you can't make money in fitness i'm like yes you can <laughs> i know you can that's crazy um, i would not like uh, i mean i wouldn't have guessed that between those two jobs even in new york that 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 would be the case yeah i didn't even realize it until i sat down the other day and i was because <laughs> i knew what my salary so i had actually switched to a salaried position at the studio i was at because mm -hmm. Um, I was doing some of the programming. I was like taking everyone's program and organizing them and editing them. And there was a lot of work that went into that. So I kind of like created this hybrid of teaching 20 classes a week and then handling the programming stuff. So between that and then the CrossFit classes, I added it all up the other day and I was like, oh, wow, I was. No wonder I was able to save so much money. I was an idiot about money, so I didn't like invest that money I was saving, unfortunately. But that's what enabled me to kind of take the next step and leave the country, which is what we, I guess, will say. Which is, yeah, which is weird because what made you want to do that? Leave the country? Yeah. <laughs> like, what made you want to just, because you've got, you're in your, you know, the place you always wanted to move, New York. You're doing fitness now. You're, you're like, so you, you like stair stepped into what you wanted to do. And what I hear from, like, it's a, it's crazy 
how you're just like, nope, don't like it, gonna do this. Nope, don't like it, gonna do this. Nope, don't like, oh, I like it, I like it. Now let's see, oh, I like this better. So I'm gonna go check this out. Um, <laughs> you make me sound that kind of <laughs> No, but I mean, most people, they just get stuck in a little rut and I'm guilty of that where it's like, you feel like you've gotta stay in this because you have to have the consistency of support. Um, now I feel trapped a lot of times when I start thinking that way, but yeah. a lot of people... And the, I would say the majority of people think that way. Like once they get something, they're going to keep it for as long as they can usually. And you're like, I don't like it. It's not for me. And that, I'm like, it's a great quality to have. It's a, it, I mean, yeah, it, it really is. Like if everybody did that, they'd all find the spot that they fit in. It's funny that you say that because I was telling kind of my like story to my, I have a business coach and I was telling her, my life story. It's like an exercise that we all have to do. And she's like, I noticed a trend of myself being like a quitter. I'm like, I quit gymnastics. I quit my, I quit um, engineering. I started school in engineering and I quit and switched to economics. I quit my, you know, corporate job. I quit my high paying job in New York. And she's like, no, you just decide when something is no longer serving you, you move on. And I was like, Oh, that's a way better way to put it. And you just noticed the same thing, which is funny. So I guess I should stop being so negative about myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it as quitting, but then you didn't really quit. You just did something different. So, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, quitting would just be giving up altogether. Like, ah, I don't like it. What are you doing? I don't know, but I'm just not going to do anything. I don't want to do that. Um, so... It's just, it's interesting to see that. And then you're in the perfect, so you would think I'm in the perfect place. I'm doing the thing that I want to do. It's making me happy. Why mess with that? So there was still a part of me that was unhappy. Like I had fixed the whole, I like my job part. I was a little bit burnt out, which happens to a lot of fitness professionals. Um, hence like kind of the going into the online space so you can maximize you don't have to trade time for money anymore. You can kind of maximize that. But um, so I was burnt out and I was, I was tired of New York at this point. Like I, I think I had hit my limit where <laughs> every time I would leave the city or go home or see someone on vacation, I was just like, oh, can I stay here forever? Like, I don't want to go back. And I knew that once I got on a plane and flew back to New York and I, I was on the plane and like, I didn't see the city and feel like gratitude, but I felt like dread that it would be time for me to leave. And I also hate the cold, which didn't help. Oh, yeah, bad, bad call. Every New Yorker goes through that cycle of like, complain, complain, complain about the winter. I hate the cold. I hate the cold. And then it gets nice. And you're like, this is beautiful. Oh, no, it's so hot. It's so hot. Oh, I hate the. It's like, you're just constantly complaining about the weather, but I really hate the cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't mind the hot. Being from Houston, you don't mind the hot. It's the cold that has the the issue. Yeah, we're like acclimated to it. So that makes sense why you were like, I'm going to go to an island where it's warm all the time. Yeah. And it shows you like money isn't everything. Like I had plenty of money at this point, but I still wasn't satisfied. So I actually, my friend, I was of course complaining to her one day about wanting to leave New York. She's like, you know, my boyfriend was actually just in Grand Cayman and he was doing a seminar at a CrossFit gym. Like he was the one giving the seminar. And he, he said that they were looking for coaches and they asked him if he knew anyone. She's like, I can put you in touch. I can get the email of the owner if you want to. And I was like, eh, I don't even know where that is. Like, no, I'm just complaining. It's fine. And then, like, another week went by. It probably snowed or something. And I was like, hey, so <laughs> send me that email address now. Emotional eating and emotional job applicate, job hunting, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> job hunt under, well, they say it takes, like, some kind of, like, dramatic event to get people to take action. So I guess. You know, weather can be dramatic. One snowstorm is dramatic. I'm it. That's it. I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how was it working over there, as like in a very touristy spot? Because I'm sure a lot of their money comes from people touring over there. Cruises go there, um, and that's what they kind of cater to. Yeah, it was. It was a great 
Yeah, a lot of the economy is from tourism, but not our gyms. That's not how we made the bulk of our money. Really? Uh, yeah, believe it or not. So when I talked to the owner there before I decided to take the job, he explained to me like their system. And because I knew, I'm like, okay, a CrossFit coach, like I know what they get paid. I, I'm willing to take a pay cut to move, but like I can't go down to making like 20 bucks a class. And Grand Cayman, I didn't know at the time, now I know, is like, I don't know, one of the top five most expensive places to live in the world. So, I would not have guessed that at all. I've been there yeah. once. Yeah? Yeah, I would Yeah, just all I remember from it was the cab driver ripping me off. Well, the cab drivers rip everyone off, even the locals. Like, no one, I don't think I took, I maybe took one cab in my three years of living there. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I realized afterwards when someone told me, like, yeah, no one takes cabs around here. I was like, <laughs> well, that's great. You're like, well, how do you get anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> when you get dropped off on a cruise is you're kind of like whatever's there you're like sure like you just go along with what everybody is doing yeah that's the last cruise i did ever and i don't i don't want to do another one just because i like to go and explore the place and you didn't you don't have enough time to do anything that you want to do you know but yeah that was my only experience there with grand cayman so that's my knowledge of the cayman islands well you'll have to go back and have a better experience (laughs) I'll tell you where to go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. So the model that the gym has is one where it's a hybrid of personal training and classes and then like specialty programs. So they were looking to bring on, they had two full-time coaches and they were looking to bring on two more. So they actually hired me and another guy from Ohio at the same time. And the reason was because they had their membership base and they would split them up into tribes and each coach had like a tribe of members that they were responsible for looking after essentially. So I had my list of people that I would check in with every week and um, we would do a personal training session either quarterly or monthly or weekly, just depended on what they wanted to pay for. Um, and they, they never got lost in the system. Like I knew because we all had this group of people that we were checking in on. There wasn't that one person that you're like, where does Jimmy been? He hasn't been in in like two months. And then all of a sudden Jimmy calls to like cancel his membership. Like we knew if someone was injured, we knew if they were on vacation, we knew if they were sick, having a baby, um, which in a big gym is, is hard to do. I think sometimes, or the owner feels like they have to do it all or the manager, there's no responsibility on the coaches. So well, cause, in order to, I mean, you don't get any responsibility on a coach when you're paying them, you know, 15 to 20 bucks per class. You're usually getting a college kid that just wants a free gym membership, you know, for the most part. Not everybody's like that, but I mean, and I'm not even blaming them for being that way, but it's, it's, you kind of get what you pay for. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And now that I'm kind of back in a similar situation, I'm like, it's, it's hard when you care about your job and about the members, but you're also like. I'm getting paid this and you look at coaches that have been around a while and they're not getting paid anymore. And so it's like, there's no growth potential or incentive. And I think that's a big part when there's no growth potential, you know, you're in fitness because you're improving and you're constantly growing and there's always a level to get to. There's always something you can learn. And then when the other side of your life is stuck with, I'm stuck here. Like I'm going to be stuck here for the rest of my life. Like, that right there is kind of a defeating feeling. Yeah. I think in order, like, I'm willing to work for free or work for a little, oh, God, I'm choking. <laughs> or work for, you know, minimal amount of money if I know that, like, I work my ass off and I'm going to grow into a larger position. But when you don't see that, it's like there's no hope. But So the way they incentivized us was we made a percentage off of each person's membership. So I guess you could call it like commission-based, but everyone that was in your tribe, you earned off of them. And it was different rates depending on if they were a referral or if they came to the gym or whatever. But that, A, made you really care about retention and taking care of your members so that they would stay. 
B, it made you want to go out and actually get new people. Um, and it just felt like you actually could form relationships with people because it wasn't just about who was taking your classes. You had time to spend like one-on-one -on -one with them and really work. You know, that person after class is like, I want to get better at pull-ups. And you're like, okay, well, here, let me show you some exercises. But they don't have this like plan and you don't have time to write them one. And then it kind of just like falls off when yeah. you know that that person's in your tribe. It's like, hey, every month when we meet on our PT, we're going to check in on how you're making progress on this thing you've been working on. I can, you know, give you a program and you're being compensated for that. You're not working for free. That's pretty cool. I mean, I kind of dig the business model. I, I would have obviously some questions like, um, I mean, the what if you a certain coach gets a certain set of members just randomly i do like that it's kind of like accounts and you have salesmen that have accounts and those are your response they're your little babies you know you get paid off of them so you care about them and you you're gonna do everything you can to keep them around um and then how many coaches they would have like the business model seems really really i don't see a lot of holes in it it seems like a really solid plan um, to keep people there, so that's kind of that's kind of a neat way to organize a gym. I don't, I've never heard of them doing that before, like in any other places doing that. Well, they were not doing very well the gym before I moved down there, and they were like, "Are we going to have to close our doors? It's going to happen." And then our owner, who was like, he's a super smart guy. He works full time in like accounting, but he's the gym owner and just like one of those people who's always reading about different things, ways to better the business. Like he really cares and he wanted to create a place, not just a community, which I think is what a lot of goals of a CrossFit is to have this awesome community. Um, but he wanted to create professional coaches and be like, I want you guys to be able to earn a living, to have kids, to buy a house, you know, like to do all of these things and, and do well because that will then trickle into the membership. So he wanted to save the gym. So he actually found, um, this group called the Mad Lab Group, and they essentially like teach gyms how to implement this model. So huh. they taught them how to do it. And there was like a whole, they created this whole school. Um, they teach you how to run your tribes, how to, they have sales classes. Like there's a lot of different, uh, or a lot that goes into it, but that's kind of where it came from. They didn't just like think of it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that, that's, that's cool. That's cool. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So, so while you're there in Grand, like in or in the Cayman Islands, you're coaching. You've got your tribe. What made you want to come back to Texas? So, in my whole like fitness journey, I feel like I've been keeping tabs on like what I like and what I don't like about the job, and. I like, I love coaching. Like, I love teaching people. I actually love classes because something about the energy of the group, and I'm big about feeding off of other people's energy. Um, and, but I also love creating. Like, I've always, I went to creative writing camp when I was really little. Um, I've always had kind of like a creative side and, when social media, like Instagram and stuff came out, I found myself, I actually started a blog back in 2013 and then an Instagram account with another girl where we would like post our workouts and talk about different topics and stuff. And I loved that, but it takes a lot of time and I wasn't monetizing it. So it was almost like I got to the point where I was so annoyed that I had to spend these hours at the gym and I couldn't be like, putting them into being creative. I kind of got to fill that cup because I did some programming and stuff, but that side of it, I was like, I need to figure out how to have this, like a purpose to this side of me. And I don't really enjoy, I didn't want to do social media for the gym because I enjoy telling more of like my personal story. and Yeah. And being free. Yeah. You so. can't be creative with somebody else's, you know, you, when you're doing somebody else's thing, you're inside of a box. And the whole point about being yourself and being creative with it is just to be like to be outside of it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, that's it's just like you know if if you're trying to write words for somebody else, like I don't know how you feel about it. I know what I write, and it would probably not be right on your page. I can tell you that because it would be a joke that was probably 
not too tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it would be like my voice that I write in and yeah. not I don't know. I'm sure like you can go to school and learn how learn how to write for a brand. But again, that's like Oh, some people have that talent where they can write and it comes like they can put something together for somebody and it comes out that way. But then other people, they need to be doing their own thing. Like that's what they need to be working on. They don't help magnify the voice of others. They are the voice. I'm the voice. That sounds way different when you said it that way. It just made me laugh. (laughs) I would say it into a microphone. grew up in a small town I know exactly what that's like exactly (laughs) what that's like (laughs) in fact right now in the town I grew up in I guarantee you all the kids that went to high school are still going to the same exact place at the same exact times doing the same exact things and talking about the same people people yeah yep yeah and you get a lot of that of like there's not enough to do that people talk about other people and I do not like talking about other people like sure anyone can get caught in like the gossip trap but like I just don't see the point of sitting around talking about what other people are doing like I'd rather be the one doing the things that people are talking about yeah there you go there you go that's a good way to put it that's a good way to put it I like it maybe not the scandalous stuff but at least they're out there living their lives and doing something you know yeah (laughs) yeah that's true they're taking action (laughs) <laughs> so oh, so now this, fast forward now to you're back in Houston you've got uh, you're, I guess you're coaching CrossFit there in Houston as well um, but are you doing other fitness things and then you started Ditch to Desk Ditch, ditch the Desk? Is that it? It's hard to say Ditch the Desk? or de- It's not Desk to Ditch that would be bad no Not Ditch to Desk <laughs> Because that means you are nothing to the desk now. No, so, it's ditch the desk. You said it right. Yeah, ditch the desk. Okay. Ditch the desk. Ditch the so, desk. I am now back in Houston coaching CrossFit, um, doing some one-off personal training, and then running Ditch the Desk. So I had this idea that like, people used to reach out to me and and still do, and they're like, can I pick your brain about, like, I love, I think that your whole story is so cool, going from corporate into fitness, and I would love to do something like that, can, like, we just get coffee and talk about it, and of course, I'm willing to sit down and talk to anyone about it, but then, after one conversation, I was like, you know what, like, I should create a program for people who want to do this, because there's obviously a need, like, you can go get a certification, but you don't necessarily know what to do with it or, you know, maybe you need that. Maybe you have been working in fitness part-time and you're kind of straddling the line of, like, when do I actually take the jump and you want someone to make you feel a little more comfortable and guide you through and hold you accountable. So that's why I created Ditch the Desk to help people make that take that leap or at least get started towards taking it. I like it. I like it. So they just go and they sign up and then 
uh, you kind of give them a little business plan model after talking to them or working with them and seeing what their goals are, kind of like training them physically, just this time you're training them mentally. Yeah, it's funny because I actually wanted to do like an online strength training program for people, and I realized that I really prefer to train people in person. Like I just, I like, I'm tactile when I coach and like I just, I want to be there and see it and I hadn't had great experiences with like remote programming and training with people. So, but I love like sitting here and having these conversations. So like business career type coaching seems something that would be way easier to do remotely with people and you can still form those relationships and help people without having to be like in the same room as them. Um, But yeah, they, they basically it's, it's a 12 week program, kind of like a mentorship program where we have weekly calls there's not like a plan that I give them because everyone is at very different stages and has different things they want to do, but it's more like, okay, tell me where you're at right now. Let's figure out the next step you can take. And then as they take that step, it's like, oh, they run into an obstacle or they decide maybe they want to go this way or someone, I actually had a guy who just got offered um, a job, like a fitness job leading clinics and stuff that he wasn't expecting and he called me he's like okay so I said yes to this now what should I do how do I fit it in so it's kind of like someone to bounce ideas off of and like give them that push but I'm not creating a plan and doing the work for them like that part is is up to them so it's it's really like they're gain they're using your knowledge and what you know like being in the fitness industry for so long and learning what you like like the good ways to do it, the bad ways to do it. And you're just, you're saying, Hey, you can skip some of these steps by taking my advice and exactly. not really skipping the step, but just like learning from the mistake and taking this path instead of having to take that little bump or that bruise, you know, with no plan or guidance whatsoever. Um, it's like, it would be like a legit mentor only, not just like someone you watch and go, I want to be like that. It's literally somebody helping you create ideas to go out on your own and do it. Yeah, like we're sitting down and we're creating a plan. And I think the cool thing about a program that you've like signed up for and paid for, and my client said this the other day, he's like, sometimes I feel bad when I like post or ask a question or whatever, but then he's like, but then I have to remind myself that like, I'm paying for this and I shouldn't feel bad. And I'm like, exactly. Like, <laughs> paying for this and you're my client and that's what I'm here for. Like, if you want to send me a text, like obviously you have to set boundaries with clients, but like, I'm here for you to talk things through with me. So you don't have to feel bad about asking for help. And I think some people are so hesitant to ask for help because they think they want, and I'm like this, like I want to figure out everything on my own and make sure I've exhausted my resources before I go to someone. Yeah. When you can save yourself a lot of trouble by just reaching out. Well, and you, it, by doing it the way you're doing it, instead of having like a written type thing or like a program that you follow that's very, not, I wouldn't say rigid, but like a written little outline. And by really just visiting with somebody and seeing what they're, unique situation is that that person has you can kind of guide them in the way they want to go like you it's almost like therapy for job finding you know in the fitness world is what it sounds like you know you wouldn't want a therapist reading off a piece of paper so like yeah yeah it would make sense you're just trying to help them figure out themselves but they need a wall to bounce these things off of and something that'll tell them no i don't know like let's go ahead and check this from an outside perspective how would this how would this work? How does this work? Where you know, because there's two ways I think you can go. You can be super positive and there is no downfalls and everything's going to be perfect and fine. I'm just going to take the leap. Or you can be too much on the other side where you're hesitant because you're worried about what will happen. I'm just playing. What you said, I'm playing it out in my head. If I was calling you, that would be <laughs> like it would be like a bouncing back and forth to figure out where I would be figuring it out. You would just be helping me do that. Sometimes people literally talk themselves. They answer their own questions if you just let them talk long enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, you just, okay. Like, you just stay quiet. And that's what I've learned through coaching in general is, like, just listen more. And people will tell you what they're struggling with. They'll t- 
pretty much tell you how you can help them because if you let them go long enough, they'll they give you the signs, and you talk to enough people, and you start to like recognize certain things. Yeah, uh, and it's all of those things that I've learned from my years of working with people, and I'm so glad that like I have this group fitness experience in a boutique setting as well as CrossFit as well as personal training and basically like running my own personal training business within a CrossFit gym. And I can take all of that knowledge and help people with it. Like even if they are a yoga instructor, the same kind of concepts apply. So it doesn't really matter what they want to do in fitness. It's more that they just want to do it, right? You just need to have the drive and the passion for it. We can figure it all out from there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing is taking that first step to just show up and mm-hmm. do and do things uh i'm it's i just like i like that you've written this you've written this program to make yourself some money and you figured out all these different ways to do something that you love to do and you're sharing that you're so passionate about doing what you love to do that you're sharing that with everybody else and even through your instagram like you fall I follow your like I follow your Instagram and I'm like, man, I can be better at my job. I can be better at selling coffee. I, she's talking about fitness. Does that ditch the desk work for coffee businesses too? How's that? Does she do coffee? I wonder if she does coffee. But I mean, that's that's the, you know, you get the energy off of it like that, which is really neat. And I love the like I just said this the other day too. I love the abundance mindset. And anybody that shares what they've done, how they've done it, that they can do it too. And it's just like more and more and more, you know, you can succeed. You can make it. It's not as hard as, I mean, it is hard, but it's not as hard as you think it is. No, it's way harder when you build it up in your head. It's like anything that you're struggling with, right? Like if you sit by yourself and you like go down the downward spiral, like you can create this huge thing that seems like the worst thing in the world. And then as soon as you say it out loud to someone, you're like, Oh, Never mind. But I mean, it is crazy. Think about coming home and saying, you know what? I've got a finance degree. I'm going to be a personal trainer. That's crazy. That's crazy talk, you know? But some people are not meant. That's why, uh, I mean, so I love college and all kids that will go to, you know, get their education and everything because I think it's important to have that backup. I don't have it, and I know having that backup is nice just just peace of mind or confidence i would say it doesn't mean it it doesn't mean that much but it does you know it does give you some confidence um however if they if any one of our kids came up and said i want to be a singer i would say get to singing like (laughs) that would be it just do a like do a bunch of gigs surround yourself with a bunch of singers you know i support i support it um, yeah. I support any of those little dreams because I want to see them do something that they enjoy and that they're happy. And then I think the money will come later and enough to support themselves off of. And that's all, that's all I could wish for them. And so, I mean, I mean, that's, that's why I appreciate like your story of what you're doing. You're helping people find those little things. Like I want to be in the fitness industry, but I don't think I can do it, but I have so much fun. I mean, I wonder if it is for me. And what happens to those people who sign up for your thing that it isn't for them? Like, is it devastating for them? Like, do they just go back to regular jobs? Um, I haven't had anyone who's, like, given up on it, if that's what you mean. Like, everyone, so before they can sign up, we do an initial call. And it's just, like, a free kind of consultation, me getting to know you call. So I can make sure that, like, it's a good fit and they're serious about it. So they're either the people in the program right now, either already one girl, she was already teaching some fitness classes and she wants to like figure out how to make that transition um, easier. And then another person who's like, so that's kind of the one path is they're doing it part time and they're like, I'm tired of doing this part time. How do I like take that next step? And then there's the, side of like the person who is just so passionate about fitness and like I look at their social media account and they're like working out all the time and like it's just that I know that as soon as they get a little taste of it they're like me they're gonna be like 
whoa, what was I doing the rest of my life? Like, this is what I need to do. So there's kind of like a screening process because I don't want to set people up for failure. Like, I want them to succeed. That being said, if they're like, I tried the whole fitness thing and it's not for me, then yeah. you know, I'm not pressuring people but i know that there is like like we said earlier those those college kids who get a 20 you know they they do it for 20 20 bucks a class they just want a free membership to work out they usually end up doing something else because they're not there to coach people they're there for themselves so i guess you figure that out in the initial like screening process if somebody's there for themselves or if they're there to like really help others and for the actual coaching position yeah, and I mean it is an investment. Like it's a high higher ticket course, so or coaching program. So it's not like, you know, someone who's not that serious about it is probably not likely to sign up anyway. So it kind of like weeds people out. Uh, I got gotcha. you. It makes them vested in it. Like yeah. you're gonna have to really be wanting to do this to invest in it. Yeah, I yeah, like. It's not- signing up with my own business coach like I would have had no idea how to start an online business by the way if I hadn't started a coach like <laughs> I started a coach hired a coach she taught me everything but like it was definitely an investment like I had to go into the savings I created the money like I if I had had to ask for a loan from my parents I would have done it because I was like I want to create this I don't know how I need to work with her <laughs> like I was just yeah. that determined and um where was I going with this? Oh, it's made me realize so like <laughs> it was good wherever you were going. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> every single call that we had, because we did group calls, every single thing that she told me to do or try, like getting on and talking to my phone when I wasn't comfortable doing it, or um, like offering to do a free webinar that only like three people showed up to, or whatever. I just I did everything she asked of me and I kept showing up because I was like, I spent a lot of money and I want to make back my investment and I want to get the most out of it because if I quit, quit, move on from this whole starting my own business thing, when I know I haven't really given it a fighting chance, then I'm always going to be like, well, you just quit because you didn't want to work hard enough or you weren't really into it or whatever. Like, I... I want to make this work. So I hired a coach and I invested in myself and that's kind of the, what I want my students to see is like, you're investing in yourself. If the path that you thought you were going to take doesn't work, if you're like, I want to coach CrossFit or I want to only do personal training. Like maybe we discover another revenue stream in fitness that you could capitalize off of based on your skills. Right. So threw a big word in there. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's, yeah, I want people, I want it to sting a little bit that like, that every time they see that money coming out of their account, they're like, right, I invested in myself. I paid for a coach. I need to show up and do what she's telling me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I totally get that. I think people should ought to be invested. Um, when we did our, you know, had our little transition and we had opportunities for other things, but we paid for all of the you know, we went through and we decided to pay for all of the certifications on our own. One, because we want to be committed to it. You know? And there's a there's also a sense of pride in having done it yourself and having something inve- like you said, investing in yourself. There is something about having skin in the game that makes it all that much more worth it. Like you just want like it makes you feel better about it, you know? There's if it's given to you it's not worth it. Yeah, it makes you pay attention. It's just like with clients in, in fitness and personal training. Like, you know, when you give a free class, people show up and they half-ass it or whatever. But people are paying that CrossFit $250 a month membership. They show up three times a week or four times a week. Heck yeah. Use that up. Use it up. You pay a lot of yeah. money for it. Like, teach me. I want to know how to do a pull-up, and I pay you to do it. So show me how to do a pull-up. You know, but if you know, if you, if you just woke up and had abs, you wouldn't appreciate them as much, you know, and the hard work that it was to get them. (laughs) Wake up. Look at that. That's, I thought that's the way people were born. But yeah, no, I agree with you because I, I always compare it to like, I always 
worked pretty hard to I, I never was one of those people who could just like not exercise and eat whatever I want but I there are a lot of people who are that way yeah. well in their 20s and I feel like they until they get to that age where suddenly they're like oh crap I have to watch what I eat now like they never appreciated what they had when they had it yeah yep I guess you can say that about anything Youth, youth is wasted on the young. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah, well, I still think like I do when I was a little like young, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm still right along that same path. <laughs> but um, well, I really appreciate. It. Where can everybody find this this um, the program and get a hold of you? Whatever is what is it? The wait, I don't want to mess it up like I did first time talking because I said it fine to everybody in my family and they were like that's such a cool name and then i said it to you on the podcast i'm like why did i just butcher that but ditch the desk yes that's it um so you can find most of the content i put out about it is on instagram at julia avery which is spelled funny because it's a shared a in my name so j-u-l-i-a-b-r-o-i um and then my website is juliaavery.com. That one has two A's. Okay. <laughs> Very I'm assuming this will be in the show notes somewhere. Um, so that has a lot of stuff about the program as well. But I try to change it up and not just talk about Ditch the Desk all the time. I'll put stuff. Obviously, you found inspiration um, for your coffee company. So even if you don't want to work in fitness, Hopefully I can still provide some Yes, value. follow her on Instagram for sure because it is, it's just fun. It's fun to listen to it, to see you walking or talking or doing something. <laughs> and that's actually one thing. So I know like we've, we've gone over an hour, but I just had, if you have time for it, there's one question and it's really towards, you make all these videos and all this promo and I know your business coach probably told you to do some of that stuff. I don't know, but was it hard to get over the fear or did you have any fear of people judging you or laughing at those videos? Oh yeah. 100%. It's scary to put yourself out there and to be like, hi, I'm Julia and I'm talking about ditch the desk. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you start by just doing things that are, you feel comfortable talking about, but showing your face and talking on camera is scary, but you realize that more people reach out and say like I love what you're doing or what you said really spoke to me and that makes it worth it because if you didn't show your face and say something and put yourself out there then no one would receive the message that you're trying to give and video is so powerful like people seeing you and they feel like you're talking to them and you're looking in their eye it's so much more than writing words on paper so I encourage anyone when do you think you're ever going to start your own business or not? Just start doing it because you're not going to feel comfortable doing it until you do it more, just like anything. So you just have to make your first awkward one and then keep getting less awkward. Yeah, I just <laughs> asked that so that everybody that's real, like that's maybe wanting to get into the fitness thing or just any business whatsoever, maybe they have a dream of whatever it is, that it that fear right there is something every single person has because it's the most vulnerable you can be at any given moment. Like you're throwing it out there for everybody, like anybody to look at, not just your friends and family. It's not like you're just joking with the boys or the girls or whatever. You're, you're literally throwing it out there where anybody can click on that button and yeah. watch it and they can judge you. You know, you're getting, <laughs> you're, you're putting yourself on trial for the entire internet world. And, but you know what? You have to remember that the people who are judging you and the people who might say something negative or gossip about you, first of all, we already talked about earlier, they obviously have nothing better to do. And they're also like, when you post something like that and they have a reaction that's like, oh my God, I don't, what is she doing? That's you holding up a mirror to them and being like, hey, I'm doing something and you're not. And they're watching you making progress and putting yourself out there and they're not doing it. So their way of reacting is by talking about you or whatever. And that's completely their issue and has absolutely nothing to do with you. That's perfectly said. I love it. I love it. Okay. So go to her website with two A's, Julia Avery. 
with two yeah. A's, and then her Instagram with one A. Yeah. And you'll definitely tell that it's her, and then watch her stories. It'll inspire you, if nothing else. Whether you go to ditch the desk or not, it will inspire you. And then if you are looking to get in the fitness industry, definitely check her stuff out. Because uh, obviously, if you've listened to this podcast this far, you know she's come a long way. So it was awesome. Thank you, Julia, for, for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. This was so fun. I'm glad you liked it. I always worry that people aren't going to have fun on it. I was like, I hope they have fun. Don't screw it up as a host. Don't screw it up as a host. Don't screw it up as a host. Oh, I'm having fun talking to people. And then when I get done and I post it, I go, oh, man, I hope I didn't screw that up. That would be bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, so much emotions. All right. Well, go check her out. Thank you, Julia, again. It was fun. Thank you.